Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better Podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me today is good old Shelby Joe. Shelby Betts is going to be joining us today as we're going to talk about a topic that is important for every business to get right. And it's something that, um, just as a teaser, is very clearly missing when it's missing, and everybody knows that it's missing. But then when it's on point, everybody's going to scream your praises. And so stick, stick with us a little bit, and we're going to talk about something that has the potential, not to oversell it, to change your world. Change your worlds. Thank yes. you for having me, Mike. Yep. Really glad uh, that you're going to be joining us today. In order to get started with the topic, though, we have to first break the ice and give our listeners a little insight into who we are as people. And we do that by answering Becky's famous question of the week. Before we do that, can I, uh, can I say a pickup line? Uh-oh. Sure. How much does a polar bear weigh? How much? Enough to break the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Polar bears is the only bear in the world that actively hunts humans. Oh, wow, that's fun terrifying. That you can only learn on episodes of the One Step Better podcast. Well, seventh grade, you got used it on me. like, enough to break the ice, I'm Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's anyway, impressive. so our actual icebreaker today, what you yep. got? Um, the actual icebreaker today is if you had a polar bear, what would, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Teach him not to attack humans. <laughs> <laughs> train up the polar bears. Uh, what do you wish your phone could do? In the world Ooh. of technology in 2021, our phones can do so many things. But what is the thing that it cannot do? Because it's very possible that Tim Cook is listening right now and is really intrigued to know what we think about phone products. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was following last week, if I'm not mistaken, looking at the yeah. charts. I think Tim was there. Yeah, well, whenever he came over for dinner last night and yeah, uh, we were talking about this. And so I thought, you know, why not? Hmm, what do I wish my phone could do? This is not an um, exciting answer, but I wished that it could only do, like, have the ability to turn off all functions except one function. Yeah, so like... For example, phone calls. Like, when I need to sit down and just make phone calls, I really need an hour of undistracted silence. I wish that I could just put my phone in ghost mode where, like, nothing... They're moving towards yeah. that just a little bit because, like, you can set hours where you're not notified, like yep. sleep time and stuff like that. But I wish that, like, if I was doing one thing, like, let's say, like, I love to read on my phone, like, articles and mm -hmm. stuff. I wish I could, like, a certain app or a certain thing where I had, like, a specific opening and it would know she's reading, an, the you know, whatever, the article today. Or she's reading a book. So we'll do not, we won't do notifications or, like, a do not disturb. So you, so you, you don't have to turn on do not disturb. It automatically yeah. knows do not disturb. Yeah, just, like, create some rules and then have a couple of settings where these, whenever these functions are happening, that's all that gotcha. can happen. Okay, I got to feel like, you know, for the sake of our listeners out there that are thinking of this question, I got to ask it. Uh -oh. You do know that an iPhone does have a do not disturb feature, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I use it. <laughs> Just making sure. But can you do it for like an hour? Uh, yes. And then I could still make calls and nothing would disturb me. Yes. Really? So here, here's what I do. It, it may not be exactly what you're you know, wanting it to be, but um, I have, you, you can set bedtime rules. So it automatically goes to do that not I disturb. Do. I that do that I do. too. Yep. But then during the day, you can click on do not disturb. But in your contacts, you can say these certain people do not disturb does not apply, apply to. to them. And so I do that with, with Meredith. No, just Meredith. <laughs> My mom calls <laughs> no. and it's like, I'm sorry, like, can't, <laughs> get, can't get through. No, only, only Meredith. You know, if it's really an emergency, they'll call her. She can call me. I'll be all right. Now, if she's the one having the emergency, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, no, I know, but I guess, and maybe it does do this, and I don't know. This is back to I'm a late adapter of technology, yeah. which is hilarious because we sell technology here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I wish like if I was doing using one particular thing, I hate when I see notifications pop in or, you know, just knowing also too that like I can click out of that screen and onto 17 more. I wish that I lived a less distracted life. So I wish my phone could help me do that. It's trying to, but anyway. Yeah. Sounds like it's already there, and I'm just not using the technology. <laughs> what do you wish your phone could do? Um, this isn't a, a, a new like apart from like it could turn into a teleportation machine or you know something yeah, crazy like port that. Key. Um, you know, like yeah, a support key, and we can go wherever we want to go. <laughs> Zoom, New Zealand. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, maybe a more realistic. One of the things that my phone does a bad job at that I wish it was better is switching between devices. Yeah. So. Um, Apple, I, I have CarPlay in my car and oh, yeah. I use that all the time. Yep. And whenever my phone is, uh, I get in, turn on the car, it's plugged up and all ready to go. Sometimes it doesn't register to CarPlay and it still wants to play. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it recognizes it's attached to something because it'll start playing through my phone speakers instead of through my car oh, speakers. Interesting. Um, and then switching back and forth between my AirPods. I have oh, yeah. Apple ecosystem. So my AirPods to the yep. car, like, that just doesn't work as seamlessly as I think it should. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm the same with my headset. If I get in, I'm like, I wanted to stay. I would turn the headset off. I want it to default there first before yeah. I hit the CarPlay. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's annoying though, because yeah, we should be able to kind of like set preferences. I would think. And one of the things that so my phone just up it does automatic updates, so it updated to whatever the new version of iOS is, and I haven't got to play with this too much because this just happened like two days ago. But it appears, because I listen to a bunch of podcasts, One Step Better podcast being one of them, because mm. um, there's nothing better than listening to yourself on podcasts. <laughs> uh, but, w- but one of the things that it used to do whenever it was connected to my car is it would only display the episodes that were that have not been listened to yet. Yep. And it appears in this newest release, mm-hmm. every episode is listed regardless of whether I've, I list them or not. And yes. if that's true... And I and you can't turn that off. I'm going to be writing a letter because mm-hmm. that is annoying. Yeah, I haven't tested that, but I do. I listen to a ton of podcasts, and now I'm scared about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still got to. I still got to figure it out. Maybe it was just one of those sync issues with that. I should have gotten fixed in the last suggestion of mine, but yeah. who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So technology. Man, technology is great. It works in a lot of different ways. Phones are wonderful. It's yes. great because you know you can get text messages, phone calls. WhatsApp, um, what all kinds of do? stuff. What can it do? Transfer money, check your email. Yeah, Amazing. including getting emails and phone calls from our clients. Because here yes. we use our phones for a lot of different stuff. And one of the things that we do use our phones for is responding to our clients' issues, making sure they're taken care of, which mm-hmm. is an excellent segue into our topic today, which is going to be generically Da-da-da. customer service. Customer service. Uh, I felt like there's no better time to talk about customer service than with our lead salesperson, Shelby Joe. <laughs> and so Shelby, um, Shelby's going to tell you that she doesn't do a good job with this, but the reality is she does. She, um, she truly talks, you know, she truly embodies customer service from the real word that it is, which is just serving our customers. Um, regardless of anything else, Shelby likes to take care of anybody that we work with and we appreciate that greatly. Um, and, but Shelby has a unique perspective here. Perspective may not be the right word, but uh, a, a unique role here in that she's kind of the starting gateway point of mm-hmm. getting our customers, our clients, whatever you want to call them, on board with our systems, yeah. in line with our processes. Uh, and so I feel like it'd be a good idea to talk to talk to Shelby about customer service. 
Um, Shelly, let's start with this. Let's let's actually define our terms a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whenever you hear the word customer service or the term customer service, what do you think of? Call centers. Yeah. Like <laughs> cubicle, headsets. Yeah. Truthfully, when I think of customer service, I think of all of the tech out there that we try desperately hard to use so that we don't have to interact with our clients. Yeah. Not us personally. I'm thinking just in general. So call centers I think about when I think of the word customer service. I think about... Um, AI, the automated chatbots on a company website, um, and like ticketing systems. Honestly, I think a lot about that. The next thing I think of on customer service is like the DMV where you have to go grab a ticket and you're yeah. like, holy moly, I'm going to be waiting here. And the the next thing that I think about when I think of customer service is, of course, my most recent experience, which was poor. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course. Yeah, but no, when I think of customer service, um, I mean, it's the age-old question. That's what all owners care about. Uh, the number one way you continue to grow your business is by keeping the business that you have. I say this a lot here, but I always tell people it's a lot easier to get someone who's already bought from you saying yes to you again than having to start that whole sales process all over again. So I'm right in the middle of prospecting mode and I can tell you cold calling is no fun. These people don't know me. I, I My message may not be relevant. I'm just kind of guessing like, hey, I think we should do business again. I don't know. But it's hard to start that process over. So I do think owners and, and leadership teams need to spend significant time thinking about customer service because if you do it well, um, you will find you need less of a sales force because yeah. your clients and your customers are going to be raving fans, which we know if you haven't read that book, you need to. I forget the author's name. I don't know. There's a book called Raving Fans. I guess we'll put it in our show notes, but it's all about that idea of how do you turn your customer who's who said yes and pays you into someone who is out there selling for you. Yeah. Do you think when it, whenever you just generically hear the term customer service is mm-hmm. the all of the negative stereotypes is that what comes to mind? Yeah, I would think so. Me too. Whenever Definitely. I hear customer service, I don't think about positive experiences. I immediately think of negative experiences. Yeah, for sure. I don't like that, Bill. Yeah. I wish it wasn't that way. Same. It's oh, human nature, though. We fixed that. <laughs> <laughs> Here, when, whenever yeah. I think of customer service, I, and I've, I beat these guys up on this podcast all the time, but I think of Comcast. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why it's, it's the negative that comes to mind. Um, customer service is lacking greatly. Mm-hmm. in a lot of companies and exactly what you said if if we can fix customer service issues mm-hmm. then we can fix a lot of other issues yep. it just comes naturally absolutely i don't um i don't pretend to be the best at customer service i'm not bad at it i jokingly say that i'm terrible at customer service i know that's not actually true yeah. um but it's not it's not like the strongest skill set that i have sure when when i think about trying to have positive customer service, I think it is very simple. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do, but it's extremely simple. Because yep. I think it, it's respond quickly. You know, timely is one word, but I say quickly. Respond as quick as you possibly can. And if you can't respond quickly, do whatever, stop whatever you're doing to respond to something quickly. You have to have a team. Of, like if I say, we deal with this all the time here. If somebody calls me and says, hey, Mike, this is broken. I can't continue to use it. And you're the one who sold it to me or you're the one who's providing this for me. So it's your job to fix. Sure. I can't just let that sit on the back burner for a couple of weeks. And, you know, I'll get around to it when I can. Right. Because that's just not how it was, not how we operate, but also everybody intrinsically knows that's not the way that that should have been handled. Yep. And so those are the easy ones. And I think we do, you know, a lot of companies do a good job of trying to stay in the middle between, you know, I, I don't want to be a Comcast, 
But yeah. I also know that, you know, maybe I'm not a Chick-fil-A or you know, whoever you can think of when you think of really great customer service. Sure. And that middle area is where a lot of people play. And it's, I think that's a dangerous place to continue to play. Yeah. Because I also think of customer service, I think of opportunity. Of course. If you want to set yourself apart in industry, whatever the industry is, mm-hmm. your customer service is what's going to do that. And so I want to define customer service a little bit and, and, and frame the conversation of what we're talking about. Because I immediately, like I said, I immediately think of the negative. This is all the things that are going wrong in the world with customer service and all of my interaction that I've ever had with companies that have been negative. Yeah. But I don't want that to be the place that we stay and land. And so when I talk about customer service, I want us to think about and talk about how are we as a company going above and beyond the extra mile beyond just what expectations are, but what is that golden degree of perfection right. to try to meet our customers' needs Every single time, 100% perfect, 100% of the time. That's what I try to instill in my team. Sure. When it comes to customer service. Yeah, I think you do that well. Um, you know, the, actually, uh, Becky's working on our culture video right now, and something you said in that video, I've like held that and I use that a little bit in my sales process. But um, in that video, if you are looking for a job, and you, you know, shameless plug, if you go check our website out, we're hiring and. Um, but in that culture video, you say our team has the green light to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get a client the right answer every time. And I think that's a very good definition of customer service is you need to educate and equip your team so that they have the green light to get the right answer to the client every time. Now, I think it's scary because, and this is why I think we focus so poorly on what customer service isn't, like how it's been done wrong, is we put kind of frontline people in front in our customer service uh, positions to respond quickly. Um, But they may not have the right answer. And so I think a lot of uh, people get very frustrated because they're reaching out, there's a problem, they need help. Well, they're getting a quick response, but they're not getting the right response. Mm -hmm. And so I would rather sacrifice the quickness to get the right answer. Now, that doesn't mean you don't respond. It's, hey, I don't know this answer. I'm on this. Let me get back to you. I think it's reasonable to create the expectation of like, I'm going to find this out in the next 30 minutes or it's going to take me an hour. But I think a good working definition of customer service is equipping your team to have the green light to do whatever it takes to get them the right answer every time. Um, Part of that, too, is owning up when you don't know the right answer. That's okay. I think at least my generation, like I would prefer vulnerability. I would prefer to call someone and say, hey, this is broken or this isn't what you promised. And then to say, yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. I should have, or I sold you the wrong product or, hey, this is why it's not working. I would so much rather hear, yeah, it's my fault. I did it wrong. Let me fix it. Than some, oh, well, you know, the our manager will get back to you. Yeah. And I, even, be, even more than that, I would rather hear, hey, you know what? I, you're right. It's broken. I have no idea why. Yep. And I don't, I don't know how to fix this, but I'll figure it out. Right. And if I can't figure it out, I'll get somebody that, that, that can, can figure it out. Sure. I think that a lot of people will see customer service as triage. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it should be. Yeah. To it should you- be an opportunity, as you were mentioning, because if your client base is recognizing a fault in your product or service, that's probably your greatest opportunity to number one, outshine on your competition mm-hmm. or improve your processes, which is, that's a great value prop. If you There's can a, fix the processes, isn't working well, and then your clients are happier, and then you can go change that into a new offering to new potential clients, that's a huge win. So really we should be thanking people when they're calling us and saying, hey, this isn't working. 
because yeah. that's your SWOT analysis right there. There's a vendor that I work with very closely on a regular basis that is not known for great customer service. And they know they're not known for it. And they say they keep saying that this is something that we're fixing, we're trying to improve upon. We know it's an issue. We're fixing it. We're trying to improve upon it. We know it's an issue. To the point where I don't, you don't care to them? hear it anymore. Sure. What they are doing, their their definition of what they're do or of what they actually are doing to, to fix this is they're getting more people on the front lines of customer service. Interesting. That is the air traffic controller yep. to say, all right, this is where that issue should go. And that's where that issue should go in order to get to route the issue to the right team. Yeah. And that's the, that's triage. Mm -hmm. That's not customer service because right. behind right. that, what, what their issue is, and it's, it's a common issue. A lot of businesses are facing right now is they don't have qualified people that can actually enough qualified people that can actually deal with the issue. Yeah. They have plenty of people that can say, this issue is in this area, therefore we can get it to that team. But they which, lack the technical expertise to answer but it. But they lack the tech, yeah, yeah. And so Tough. you're not actually fixing your problem. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you are trying to and everybody's struggling. And it's a, you know, it's a vendor that we were super proud of and, and happy about in other places. But I don't, that is not resolving customer service to me. Yeah. Customer service is actually, and, and the reason I say that our team has a green light to do whatever it takes is because when you make a phone call to one person and you can, hey, here's the issue, and that person understands that this is a big issue and we have to get it fixed, regardless of if they're the one that can maybe you know, jump in and actually do the work to, to fix it, or if they're the one that can go say, hey, Shelby, we have to get this fixed and here's the issue, that person in our team is responsible for fixing it. Right. And they can't let that, they can't drop that ball until it's fixed. Yeah. They are, when it, when it hits your plate, it stays on your plate until it's finished. You don't get to pass the buck and say, all right, let me get that to Shelby because she's the one that can fix it. That's not acceptable here. Yeah. You have to fix the issue, whether that's you doing the work or you getting the person to do the work to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, to, if I'm not talking to the person that can fix my issues, I don't need to talk to you. Agreed. And that's. <laughs> It's beyond frustrating. I deal with this with the IRS on a daily basis right now. Um, they're struggling too. They and, and I don't even get into the ways that they're struggling. They um, we got a letter. We, we're getting letters right now that says, "Hey, we received this return, but we lost it. Can you resend it?" Which is like okay, but when you're getting hundreds of those, it's a bit out Terrifying. of control. Terrifying. That's what it um, is. I got a letter just the other day that said. Hey, this is an issue. Call us at the number listed above to to get this fixed. I call the number, and it plays a message and then hangs up. Nice. Not even a chance to talk to somebody about yeah. it. And it's like, man, those types of things are just way, way, way frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever want that to be said about this company. Yeah, I also do think that when you're talking about triaging, you know, this is something. If you're a smaller, mid-sized business, this is something to look into. But um, we did invest in some like recording software, which is for me, I don't know how you feel about your team, but oh, holy cow, that's changed our mm -hmm. sales process because we get to go back and listen to our calls and coach on that. Um, but I think like that's one piece of customer service that I think a lot of owners and businesses are really relying on is like, you're on a recorded line and please take the survey afterwards. I get so irritated when like I can tell someone's reading a script yeah, and I'm like, okay, rather than 
instead of having these lessons about what triaging looks like, why don't we just coach our team on what relationship building looks like? Because at the end of the day, customer service is really just all about relationship building. It's there is someone on the end of that line and devoid of they have an issue we need to resolve. They're a human being first. They no one wants the hello my name is shelby and i'm with works and you're on a recorded line today um can you tell me what your issue is oh okay let me be sure i understand let me recap that it's like mm-hmm. oh my goodness like i would rather hear like hey what's up so something's going wrong what what can we do yeah. to fix it tell me about it act um, like a normal person having yes, a normal conversation i don't know where we've created this um kind of facade that like this professional Follow recorded this script. radio voice will fix the problem i don't yeah. think that buyers want that like i think we've missed our mark on like what buyers want to hear yeah we want to be treated like normal people and sometimes you know when i have an issue i don't expect that person to fix it all the time yeah i I expect they may be able to get to the person that can fix it um you know we deal with software a lot and Mm -hmm. and if somebody calls us it's normally there's some type of software issue that needs to be corrected on in, in some way sometimes that's you didn't do what you were supposed to do correctly or Sometimes that is, well, we didn't set something up for you to do that with correctly. But if I just, all right, so tell me, where are you having this issue? And how many times is it happening? And is it happening to all people? Instead, hey, you know what? I think that might be here. Let's go take a look and figure it out and see what's going on. Just like act normal. Yeah. Even if you're on a recorded line. Yeah. They're on a recorded line. I can, I can hear the call, but I don't want to know that I'm on a recorded line. <laughs> you know, I just want you to talk yeah. normally. Sometimes there's, pri- like, there's privacy rules that you have of to course. say. That you're, well, and ours, ours, <laughs> ours does that. If you get a call from us, it does say, hey, you're on a recorded line. If you don't wish to be recorded, you know, you can opt out. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, but if you have an Alexa in your home, they're hearing everything anyway. I know, right? <laughs> so question, Mike, we've danced around this, but what would you say your definition of customer service is? It's doing, it's doing whatever you need to do to get the customer an answer. Um, in, in, in resolution in, in a reasonable period of time. That's probably what I think of off the top of my head. Um, sometimes that answer is, Hey, I can't help you. And I don't mean that like in a, Hey, I don't know how to do this. And so you're just hose got to go figure it on your own. But like, <laughs> but in a, um, the problem that you're having or the issue that you're having cannot isn't, be resolved. It's, yeah. It cannot be like, it's, that's not a problem that I can fix. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I'm your accountant and you call me and say, Hey, Mike, I'm broken down on the side of the road. Can you bring me some gas? I'm in New Mexico. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm sitting in Memphis, Tennessee. I can't help you. Yeah. You know, that's, Unless you had a telephone that was portkey. Yeah. I don't, don't confuse customer service with yeah, yes. Absolutely. Because it's not always yes. I don't, I don't know if I should say this in a recorded podcast, but I don't believe that the customer is always right. Right. Uh, that's not ever been something that I believe. I think a lot of the times the customer is wrong and Good customer service tactfully, rightfully says, hey, Shelby, you know, I think you're wrong about this. What about this instead? Or have you considered this? And offer alternatives. Um, if the answer is going to be no, let's offer some alternatives. So if you call me, hey, Mike, I'm in New Mexico, broken down the side of the road. Can you bring me gas? No. Well, that's not the end of the conversation. No. Have you called your insurance company? Do you have roadside assistance? No. Sure. Have you talked to... AARP or, you know, whoever, you know, know, what are your other options? Have you called the Department of Transportation? You know, (laughs) know, there's other options there that that can be offered. Yeah. And that's how you get to good customer service. It's not just hard line. This is Mm -hmm. the only only way to handle it. Yeah, I would agree. I I think my definition of customer service, I I'm hesitant to say the customer is not always right because I think 
all of us have an, a desired end goal and that there's nothing wrong with the end goal, but how you get there, how you go about it, you're usually interacting with a customer service person to help you figure that out. And they may feel like you're wrong. So it's always yeah. the back and forth of like, cause I experienced that a bit like, you know, when we meet with new clients, they have an end desire that's right and good. They want to mm -hmm. grow their business or they want support or they, you know, whatever their end goal is. That's it. There's a desired end there. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that end goal, but there's definitely a disconnect between how we get there. I think that's often the, the tension between companies and their clients or their customers is then not understanding the journey we're taking together. Yeah. But I would say good customer service is probably treat your clients the way they should be treated. Not the way they want to be treated, but the way they should be. It's a Nor how you want to treat it's them. It's a business owner's responsibility to figure out what they do really, really well. And when you've decided this is what I'm going to be known for, this is what I'm going to market, then it's your job to educate your client on those things. So when there's a disconnect, is it they're disconnected because they we're sold on improper expectations that happens on our side. Most times new clients are not happy. It's not because we're not doing what we promised to do. It's because there's a disconnect between them understanding what we truly do. Yeah. So I would say that it's treat your clients the way they should be treated, which number one, they're a human being. They should be treated with decency and dignity and respect. Mm -hmm. Things get heated. That's okay. Let's just apologize for those things. Like people are going to get mad and angry. They can be mad and angry and you can say, hey, I can't talk to you when you're this angry. Or if you get mad, you can call back and apologize. Like, let's not forget what we learned in kindergarten. But then yeah. I think the next thing is like, you treat your client the way they should be treated, which is if you've decided you're going to execute on this bill of sale or this service or this product, you need to make sure that you're living up to your end of the bargain. You made a good point because what you said there is essentially your first interaction with the prospect is where you start your customer service experience with absolutely. that person. And if you don't do that with absolute integrity, you will have further customer service issues down yes, the road. Absolutely. In our context, if we, whether it's a sales and market, however our prospect sees us or gets to us, and if we have said something, shown them something, done something mm -hmm. in their mind of, and that's built a picture, an image of what Patrick Accounting or Works is. Right. If that's not consistent with their experience when they actually are buying our service, yes, there's going to be some kickback somewhere. Absolutely. And so this is why, you know, the stereotypical used car dealer. Yeah. That's why people hate salesmen. Yeah. Because it's, hey, you know what? We can get you in this car for only $100 a month. That's right. And, you know, come sign up right now. And yeah. it turns out it's going to be an 80,000%, you know, financing deal or whatever. <laughs> right. And, and that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth to where now what else? Because it's not, hey, you know what, that that guy was being sleazy. That company may not have been that way. And they may have, that may have been the first incident and they fired him immediately because he's a sleazy dude or whatever. Right. But for that customer, that's their experience. And, and so their impression now, forever. For that company, <laughs> it's done. Yeah. So that, that probably goes back with, if you're having a customer service issue, probably the first thing you want to do is look at your staff. Do you have people of integrity that work for you? Yeah. In all of your departments. I mean, that is, you're, you mentioned sales, but that's why salespeople get such a bad rap. But, you know, I, I'm in sales. It's my job to build up my profession. And I think the first thing that, like, most good salesmen really actually care about is is caring for people. Like, I'm in this because I love to help people. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I, you didn't want me to be your doctor, but, like, I want to help people. And so that flesh itself out and, and finding, you know, needs and 
solutions to their uh, their problems. But salespeople get a bad rap often because they may have gotten into it because they like people, they're extroverted, they enjoy conversation, and then they want to help. And then yeah. like what their company can actually do may not always be what you know they can and actually deliver on. So I think that's a yeah. big, there's that. That's often a huge disconnect. Is like, no matter how badly that salesperson at Chick Fil A wants to help you, they're not going to sell you a burger. Right. And a good salesperson that has integrity is not—they're not afraid to say no to a buyer. Absolutely not. Because they understand how that that buyer is going to experience not just that one transaction. Absolutely. But every transaction with everybody else in the company. Yep. And I think for the most part, we do a decent job of that because we have good people on our team. That starts with the values of the organization, though, mm -hmm. because if our salespeople and our customer service people, whoever, everybody in our organization don't live out the values of the company, yep. there's going to be disconnect, which is going to create fiction between buyer and seller. That's going to turn into a customer service issue down the road. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite stories, and, and I don't even remember when I heard this, but, you know, um, Southwest Airlines, known for great customer service, uh, high quality culture, they had... Uh, you know, they're, if you've ever flown Southwest, you know that their flight attendants are a little bit quirky. They like to have fun. They like to make the, the trip uh, memorable. So they'll tell jokes and dance, sing, be silly. Yeah. You don't see that on other airlines. Um, and so there was a story in which a customer flew somewhere on Southwest and wrote a letter to the CEO. This was way back when that essentially said your, your flight attendants were unprofessional. They were cracking jokes. They were being silly or whatever. and a lot of people get that complaint letter and what do they do? They want to soothe the customer over. Oh, I apologize for that. Uh, you know what? Mm -hmm. We'll try to do better. We're going to send our entire team through this new training, you know, whatever. Sure. But they didn't. Instead, right. they knew that was part of their culture. And so the, the response back to that customer was, yeah, I wish you the best on your, <laughs> on your next airline. Yeah. Um, because when your, your values, your culture, who you are, who you're wanting to be is so ingrained Mm -hmm. All the way top to bottom through an organization, the customer service component of dealing with people will flow out of that. Absolutely. And the second that you violate your values, yeah. your customer service is going to start to suffer. Yes, absolutely. And your clients know that. I mean, it's if when there is the disconnect, so like you mentioned that vendor that's saying we're working on it, we're working on it. Well, either you are listening and you're actually working on it or you're not. Quit saying you are if you're really not. Like, just own up to that and say this is not an area because you can smell, like, mm -hmm. you can smell disconnect a, a mile away when you know a team is not aligned. Like, that for me is a big, oh, I don't, I don't feel good about that organization. Like, uh, when I see a lot of turnover in an organization, like, you, you know, referral partners, we always want to, like, particularly because we know we have an ideal client profile. And when I meet someone I want to help that doesn't fit our profile, I then I shouldn't do this, but I'm like, well, who do I know that I could actually help them? Can mm -hmm. I make an introduction? And so we're always on the move for finding good referral partners. And truthfully for me, when I see like a partner who I think is, you know, good customer service or could deliver and they have a ton of turnover, I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to, you know, recommend them because I think that their culture might be off. So yeah. step to customer service is, I mean, we always talk about culture, but I think a part of it is like really having your values dialed in. Yeah. Greg is doing a, um, a talk at the, Greg is our HRO manager. You've heard him on the podcast before. He's doing a talk in Florida, I think next month in July. Home care con. Yeah. He's, he's at a conference, um, uh, keynoting a, a, a deal there. And his topic we were talking about yesterday is in passing. He's talking about 
culture and how you can't have good culture without great values. Mm-hmm. Um, that your values are going to influence your culture all the time and, you, sure. you, and they, they go together. So if you want to create good culture, any, really any culture, good or bad, I don't know who wants to create bad culture, but um, <laughs> the way that you do that is by establishing and living by your values. Uh, you know, you go read any organizational health type book. They're going to talk about mission, values, goals, all that type of stuff, purpose. Um, and a lot of times it can seem fluffy. It could seem like, okay, this is another one of those things. Yeah. Um, but man, it, it's, that stuff is just so true. Yeah. Without clear values, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to have quality customer service. They, you, it's incongruent. Mm-hmm. Because everybody on your team, they don't know how to act because you haven't given them the value system by which they need to act. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, if you're going to be in Florida, especially if you're in the home care world, you need yeah. to you need to go to that because he, he's got a really good topic plan. I think uh, it's I July twentieth, I believe, or the twenty first. But yeah, it's in. Um, I should Nintendo. know by now. We're flying there. <laughs> <laughs> home care con. If you're a home health care yeah. company, Greg is talking about it. It should be good. Completely unrelated yeah. to that. I, I want to say, I think he said that, like, if you are an attendee to the conference, you get, like, free tickets to Disney or maybe at discounted tickets. What? It's like, man, I need to go down to this Is conference. that real? I, that's what he said. Oh, man, I need to get he on that He may have misread something, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I think he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Maybe that's... it was hopeful. Maybe it was like, man, I wish they did. I, mean, I didn't hear that first part. And so I'm thinking, <laughs> I need to get to this conference so I can get some free Disney tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've come to a working definition, it sounds like, of what we think customer service is, which is green light to do the right thing for your client and treat clients the way they you believe they should be treated. Yeah. Yeah. And when you do that consistently over and over and over again, they're going to turn into what, you know, what you mentioned earlier, raving, raving fans, fans that are going to mm-hmm. go out and shout your name from the rooftops and, and tell everybody else that they know about what you're, what you're doing, what your services is. Now this is um, a slow growth technique. Yeah. You cannot do this overnight. <laughs> it's not going to be the microwave version. Um, and you know, the thing that I find just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, um, as the workforce gets younger, as millennials get m- into more positions of leadership, um, say what you, I love millennials, say what you want about them. The reality is they are incredibly, incredibly great at smelling inauthenticity. Yeah, for and sure. And the second they pick up the scent of you're not being real, mm-hmm. they're done. Yep. They are done with you. So I think that this, I mean, it's, Customer service is huge, 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 hugely important right now, but it's just going to increase um, as you have more players in the market, whatever your industry is. Um, this is the, the way, or at least a, a giant way to, to stand out in your from your competition. Absolutely. And I would say if you're struggling with your customer service, so like if this is a real pain point for you, I think COVID was a really big time for everyone to just, mm-hmm. you know, really look at what they were doing and decide if it was right. But I think if you're struggling in, in your customer service, maybe just go back. I say this a lot, but go back to like your ideal client. Like, who do you really want to service? And I do think as an owner or a leadership team, it is okay for you to say this particular subset, if it's a personality or, you know, an industry trait if it's not working it is totally okay as an owner to admit that and move forward without working or not to fire a client or but it's okay for you to not be a jack of all trades like it is okay for you to specialize it's okay for Mm -hmm. you to have a niche like that is totally appropriate and so if customer service is a big area of problem you know problem area for you um, and you're running into some specific things it's okay for you to say you know what we don't do that really well we're not going to do it anymore and then next thing you know, you do that enough times and you change something. Yeah. It's remarkable how that works. I, I, last thing, I'll, I'll add this and then we can, uh, we can 
wrap it up. Um, whenever you do, next time you encounter a situation in which somebody's being a jack wagon and, and you mess something <laughs> up and it's escalating, 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 just ask yourself, what is the right thing to do in this situation? Yeah. But don't leave it there. Then ask yourself, what is the above and beyond mm. second mile thing to do in this situation? And do that. And once you can get your team to think like that, yep. you're going to start to soar in your ability to provide excellent customer service to the customer base that you're serving. I love that. I'm going to work on that. Remember, customer service is service, servanthood. I'm doing something on, uh, for the behalf of somebody else. It's not self-serving. So, um, Shelby, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. And if you're out there listening, whether it's on a podcast or YouTube or wherever you pick us up, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us and listen to us gabble about something that is super important. Yeah. Um, but also send uh, in your best customer service moments. Maybe we could learn something yeah. if you've got a good story. Or the worst, because those are fun too. <laughs> <laughs> we're focusing on the good. Yeah. Send in your That's good right. ones. That's right. Um, all right. So last last week, uh, Matt and I were up here and we talked about KRAs. And so the, the, sure, the question yeah. that came in that we're going to answer today Ooh, fun. is how detailed do you need to get when you're writing a KRA. So we talked about Ooh, yeah. the idea of a KRA is a key result area where we're focusing on the outcomes that a position or a job, a person will do in that role. Um, and so when you're writing those, because I know that you've written some here lately. I have. <laughs> how detailed do you get uh, in, in those docs? Yeah. Um, well, I have not listened to that podcast yet. So hopefully I'm um, consistent with your message. Um, I do not think that uh, your KRA is the place for the Ex, like exquisite detail. Um, and my approach to the carries was I took what's the benefit, um, not the the features and the applications, right, for thinking about that language, but what's the benefit? So KRA, an outcome is yes. they are winning in this. And honestly, I, I want to name that. So winning is they are just killing it in their circles of influence. Um, but I want to give some freedom and flex flexibility to the employee to be creative about how they achieve that outcome. I don't want it to be, this is my marketer and I want her to do a hundred marketing qualified leads every month and that's her carry and that is winning. Yeah. How about I just say, we want marketing qualified leads and let her figure out how she gets there. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think the outcome should be specific. It should be a smart goal, specific, measurable, um, act, is attainable. It attainable, realistic, and timely. Um, but I do not think it needs to be an exact, you know, quota, quantity, or measurement so that it's a pass-fail. I think it's a moving target. I think I, Would that I would, be how y'all answered? I would take it one step. I would, it's not bad. I would take it one step further than that. Um, remember, your KRA is not your detailed job description. It's yeah. not everything that a person's going to do in a role. Right. It is if they do these three to five things, then they are winning. And those three to five things may be provide excellent customer service. Right. It may be develop marketing qualified leads. It may be um, issue timely financial statements. But then there is a section. Remember, there's only three to five of those. It's not everything. Right. These are the big picture what winning and it's outcome oriented. Excellent customer service, right? Um, there is a section in your KRAs that are going to be KPIs that are going to be measurables. And so sure. to your example, it may be, um, you know, you're, as, as a marketing person, it's to develop marketing qualified leads. But there is a, this is the specifics measurable of that. Sure. And that's where you can get as specific as you want to. But to your point, the more specific you get, the less freedom that person has. And so think through the bigger picture from a leadership standpoint. If that my marketing person developed 10 marketing qualified leads a month, 
is that is that winning? And if so, there's your metric. Mm-hmm. It should not be develop three via web, three via direct mail, Absolutely. four via, you know, and, unless you unless there's a reason for that. But generally speaking, make it very clear this is what winning is. This is mm-hmm. how we this is how we measure winning. But don't necessarily get into the weeds of how that's going to happen unless again, it's really it's needed for the job. You know, if I'm a doctor, right. how I do my work <laughs> matters sure. greatly. Um, but if I'm a creative, I may go around, I may go about doing something, you know, very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so unless it's, unless it's, you know, industry job specific, I wouldn't get too far down that trail. But remember, it's not everything. It's three to five big picture outcomes. This is what winning looks like. And then how are we going to measure that? That way everybody's on the same page. Um, because what you want to avoid there is if my KRA, if my outcome was to develop marketing qualified leads. And that's not a great one. I understand that it needs to be thought out more than that and you don't have a kind of measurable there, then you may think three is winning. Absolutely. I may think 30 mm-hmm. is winning. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing five, you're thinking you're killing it and I'm about to fire you. So yeah. you want to make sure it's clear enough to where everybody is, is on the same page. Remember to be unclear is to be unkind. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we're clear enough that everybody's on the same page with what winning looks like. But to be clear, if it's KRA, it's not the, this is the stuff you're getting fired. That's your position agreement. That's where you start. KRA is above and beyond. KRA, ooh, we can get into this. I would say it's not above and beyond. I would, okay. This is the this is winning, and I expect everybody on my team to win. Yeah. Yeah, we can get into that a little bit. We'll do that off mic. <laughs> I'm excited to, to learn about better KRAs. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk yeah. to us. Remember, just like Shelby said, if you have a great customer service story, yes. send it in. We'd love to hear for it, hear about it, and uh, share it with our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we may share a couple of our stories uh, Uh, out there as well. So thanks for listening. You guys have a lovely day. We'll talk to you again next week. See you guys.